Hello, and welcome to the Your Personal Journey with Food podcast, hosted by Tracy Cromwell, your certified integrative nutrition health coach, precision nutrition health coach, pro coach, National Academy of Sports Medicine personal trainer and weight loss expert and international best-selling author. I am a recovered pre-diabetic, recovered yo-yo dieter, and recovered body loather. On my podcast, I will be discussing all areas of life that impact your health. That's home environment, physical activity, health, joy, spirituality, relationships, finances, creativity, social life, career, education, and yes, home cooking. I will also be bringing you experts from each of these areas of your life to help you create the ideal, healthy, and supportive relationship, not only with your food, but with yourself and therefore with your life. I appreciate you being here. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Happy Friday. It's Tracy Cromwell here, your integrative nutrition health coach. And we're here for our special edition of Friday afternoon podcast. And uh, if you are listening on the podcast, these are recorded live, so we don't get to do any editing. So anything can happen on a live broadcast. And uh, so just wanted you to know that. But um, you may be familiar. I um, I started these podcasts because I am an integrative nutrition health coach, and there's so many aspects of our lives that are so important beyond what we would um, see uh, nutrition being. So we think of nutrition maybe as food, but it's um, as food is really important. So are all the other areas of our lives, such as our social life, our our spirituality, our careers, our finances, you know, how do we, how do we cook at home? Um, did I say relationships already? You know, all of those things, education, that's all part of who we are and, and that's all part of our life. So I'm wanting to bring people with all those different uh, specialties from those different areas onto the show. And so today I'm really excited again to have uh, my guest, Dr. Jen O'Ryan on for part two of our three-part series, which we're doing on inclusion, equity, and diversity. So Jen, I am so, so happy to have you here again with us today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. Yeah, and and Jen is, you know, Dr. Jen is is an expert in um, you you work on um, human behavior. Mm -hmm. Yes. PhD, yeah, PhD in human behavior, and so um, you brought that then forward into helping people in the areas of equity diversity and inclusion. So, so today we're going to talk about, um, cause last time we were talking about, you know, where do we start, you know, um, go ahead and, you know, we had that, what does IND even mean? Let's do a recap of what does IND really mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. So conceptually, and, and the terms are kind of used interchangeably, but it's, it's, uh, inclusion, diversity, equity. I also like to add, um, an A for accessibility and then mm. an S for safety. So that works out to yeah. ideas. Um, <laughs> that's an easy way to, to remember those. And then also belonging. But really, mm. it all comes down to the fundamental representation um, in organizations and in our lives of people who are different and don't necessarily look like us or, or think like us. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's so much variety to life. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. And 
And that to me is something that does interact with our whole lives. All of that, I think, doesn't matter who we are, that aspect, it, it, it affects us and our health and our mental health, all of that. So, um, so today we were going to talk about where are we going and how did we get here? And when I read that, I thought about um, just taking this to food just really quick and my, my own health was um, when I was having challenges with my health, is because I didn't know why. You know, I didn't know what I was doing that was causing the challenges with my health. And some of it I didn't want to know. I didn't want to take the time to know. But once I realized how I got where I got, why, how did I get to become pre-diabetic? And then I really understood that process. It was more than just about the food, it was about my thought processes how I felt in my career, all of those other areas. How did I feel in society, you know, as, as who I was? And then when I started to learn why I was there, I started to be able to make changes and, and figure out changes to where I could become healthy physically, emotionally, all of those things. And so when, when you said we were going to talk about this, kind of the same topic and in terms of, you know, today being where are we going and how did we get here makes complete sense. And we have to look at that big picture. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It's, it's always fascinated me because I, I have, um, I've worked in organizational behavior and change management for decades. And it, it's always fascinated me how we, we tend to look at, um, you know, we've always had, had the leave your, leave your home life at the door, leave your problems at the door. When you're here to work, you're here to work. And now we're finally getting to that place where you can't, you can't leave it at the door. It, it's always with you. Like you, you, you're human, and you're never just switching from employee to parent to you know volunteer in the community service that kind of thing. And so it's really a matter of understanding how our work environment um, really influences our our health and our well being, and the decisions we make around food. Like they're all intertwined. <laughs> if I'm living in a toxic environment. Then at work, then I am more likely to have these negative thoughts that lead to negative behaviors that lead to maybe not going to the gym and just feeling Ugh, all the time and cortisol levels go through the roof and your chemicals are all out of balance. And <laughs> I see yeah, yeah. totally, it all blends together. And so even a few years ago, very few people were really talking about this concept of inclusion and diversity in, in organizations. And now it's 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 front and center because of all the you know events that have, have culminated in where we are today. And now it's a question of okay, how do we actually integrate that into a healthy organization? So not that we've just got you know a visibly diverse board of directors, a visibly diverse leadership, and but we've actually got that that inclusive aspect, which is is really just you know part of the healthy organization and getting rid of the toxic behaviors. And once we have that inclusive culture and we have visibility and people can show up as their authentic selves, that just, it, it feeds into that immediate well-being, and it taps into the very human need of, of needing to be seen for who we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that's why I think you can't, you can't separate the two um, and expect to be healthy. <laughs> right. And I think too, um, <clears throat> I think when I was, really having a hard time with my food. It was because I was, I was stifled as a person. I just didn't feel worthy as a person. 
I didn't feel good enough or whatever was in my mind at that time. So I would look to food, you know, and other areas outside of myself to make myself feel better. And it would integrate into everything I did, you know, and, and that's where if we can show up as our authentic selves, oh my word, that takes off. Oh, it just, I mean, it's just like honoring yourself, you know, mm -hmm. finally able to honor yourself and show up as who you are, you know, it's, it's really, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and it's the whole having access to resources and having access to information because it, it, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like the hierarchy of needs, right? If I'm so worried about protecting myself and being safe at work that I can't think about anything else. I can't think about um, creative problem solving and I can't really mm -hmm. put all my energy into that because I'm protecting myself and making sure that I'm safe. Right, right. You mentioned um, um, in here, the why behind the how of inclusion, human tendency toward people who are like them, understand that there are other ways of being invisible or observable diversity. I hope I said that. Oh, yeah, no, you totally did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when we talk about um, diversity and, and diverse representation, we, we oftentimes think about what is observable, but we don't really think about all the different ways of being uh, people who are um, who are neurologically diverse, who interpret the world very differently, um, people who might have be veterans or have PTSD or things like that, mm -hmm. that they, they process information differently and they have different responses. And so it really is the broad spectrum of what do we mean when we talk about diverse perspectives. I mean, it's, it's all, it's different people from different um, regions, you mm -hmm. know, rural, they, they have very different lived experiences, people from different socioeconomic areas or le levels that um, have very different experiences mm -hmm. and in making sure that you have all of those, not just available to be, to be there, but that it's encouraged. So if I'm, you know, if I, if I have an MBA, then I'm talking to somebody who didn't graduate high school. It's not a lesser than greater than it's, I want to hear everybody's lived experience and I want mm -hmm. them to be able to contribute and feel like they're, they're valued and seen. Yeah. yeah. And, and then we have to be really mindful because we, as I, as we talked about in the last week, our brains are so creative that we build stories around <laughs> who who people are at that specific moment in time and i mean we've done there's been so many research studies around you know people who are uh, dressed a little bit better and are more physically attractive people are more likely to help them in stranger mm -hmm. situations than somebody who looks like they may be struggling with housing security mm -hmm. and much less likely to help them and so we've got to stop we've got to stop making these assumptions about who people are based on that one moment and really be <laughs> the value and the dignity that every human deserves. Yeah. And yeah. It's that concept of taking that next step to find out about that person. I remember when I was volunteering with the Master Builders Care Foundation and there we were building, we would, we would join uh, or connect care providers with construction companies mm -hmm. and, and then build these amazing um, transitional housing projects. Um, there were beautiful apartments and things. And, and so some of those fundraisers you would go to and you, you can assume who you were sitting next to. Right. And then you find out one of them at your table was a speaker who had been homeless, you know, and, <clears throat> you know, and then the other person, it, and you would have no idea about their story, mm -hmm. but you could make a judgment. I guess I wanted to say, you know, we don't take the time we don't take time to get to know people so much. And um, 
we don't, um, we can judge somebody by, um, I don't know if that's just a human nature thing, right? But getting past that to say, hey, you know, um, the other aspect too is if I think just quickly touching on that aspect of the homeless problem we have and that there's so many people that are, that are, they're actually still working, you know, and they're mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet and they just, you know, it, it's a very complicated scenario and, you know, being very, um, you know, uh, how that person's trying to show up as their authentic self. I mm -hmm. think it's just, you know, there's just so much involved. And I think um, I'm rambling here, but as um, human <laughs> yeah, beings, yeah. we can really take the, you know, take the next step to look past what we assume of somebody. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, we talk so much about, you know, the term microaggressions gets thrown around a lot and there's so much misconception around that. The microaggression seems like it's small. It's a small thing. And, and typically it is. But I also want people to think about it as micro being in the sense of between individuals rather than this like systemic problem of mm -hmm. institutionalized racism and discrimination and, and, and that type of thing. So if we're looking at microaggressions, that's that's the, the small things that I do or the, the, the subtle, more subtle things that I do that are really, really damaging to other people and will oftentimes go unnoticed because that person just tends to take it on because that's kind of been their experiences, you know, just have to go along to get along. And I also want people to think about though, that reaction that you have when you see somebody who is, you know, has it, has a tent underneath the freeway and is just trying to survive. What is your what is your response and your reaction, and how do you change your behavior mm -hmm. in that moment? Do you cross the street? Do you clutch yourself closer? Um, do you avoid? Do you say something to them? Do you automatically hand them a dollar? It, all of these things can actually be interpreted as microaggressions as well. Mm -hmm. it's reinforcing, oh, you live in a tent, so you are less than, or you are, you know, ha have problems with drugs or alcohol or. Mm -hmm whatever um just being outside and othered yeah and then i think too you know for me too i'm like what is the what is the right thing to do mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just yeah. it's very complicated and and i think maybe i the first thing that just came to my mind was compassion either in thought or something you know but you know the uh, towards others in the workplace and you know, our families and, and not that it always is easy, you yeah, know, yeah. but being conscious, conscious, conscious of that, I guess, you know? Yeah. And it sounds very aspirational. It sounds very woo. Right. But <laughs> it really is just being present in the moment and understanding mm -hmm. like, what is your, what is your presence in this situation? How is that impacting the other person? Is it, mm -hmm. is it increasing the risk and increasing the marginalization or is it just acknowledging their humanity even if it's just you know walking down the street and saying hey how's it going good morning something like that just a wave mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah just to see somebody actually see them and acknowledge them mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's interesting I, when i was used to travel quite a bit i, I you know, go through the airport so you go through the hotel and you see like the housekeeping staff and they're in the hallway doing doing the things you know doing the job and how many people just walk by them Mm -hmm. and only engage if they need something. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, obviously I'm not going to take the person's time and chat them up for 15 minutes because they're trying to get things done. Right. Yeah. But just, you know, saying good morning or hello or something like that. It's just the little things of acknowledging the humanity of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you also mentioned um, social change, increasingly diverse populations with decreasing acceptance 
increase of violence and hostility, civil unrest, what happens now? So this is a pretty big topic and it's not an easy topic to talk about. Um, and it creates a lot of emotion um, with a lot of people. So, <clears throat> you know, what are your thoughts on that? The, the you know, the division we're having and, and lack of acceptance. Um, I want to add to the inability for us to just talk, even if we have different opinions, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so complicated and so difficult because there are, there are not just the the facts and situations, but there's so many emotions behind that and so much anger and so much, you know, frustration is we're still having these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the events of last year, so many of that, so many events like that have been happening forever. But we're only seeing it now because it's being recorded by the computers we have in our pockets. And, and now it's irrefutable. And I think one of the most striking things is, you know, we talked about having two, two justice systems in America, um, mm -hmm. one for people of color and one for white people. And it's, it can't be any more stark. I don't know if you've seen the, um, the, the images and, and the situation in Georgia where the elected official was knocking on the door of the governor's office while they were signing the the policy into into law and 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 just being marched away and and charged with two felonies and then you contrast that to the images of January sixth where lawmakers were saying saying I I didn't feel threatened because these were my people mm -hmm. it's like it, it just so it's so stark and we really need to start you know calling calling that out and and demanding action and demanding mm -hmm. that you know people be held accountable for that because. Mm -hmm. We, we've got this, we've got this position and access that not everybody does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, and I think when, you know, when we talked about it last week too, was just, you know, when, when I am, um, when someone's looking for equity, you know, equal, that doesn't mean that they want more than somebody else. They just want an equal treatment. Mm -hmm. that's been given to so many others for so many years, you know? And so my, and, you know, I'll be very honest, Eric, like, cause for me, it was just another level of, of experience of um, being, you know, taking the rose colored glasses off, you know, mm -hmm. as a woman, I just want equal pay, you know, <laughs> that's all I yeah. want. Yeah. And, but again, you add, um, I hadn't, I saw all women as, all women the same and so again the last couple of years was just another thing taking these blinders off realizing no you know i still have even though i'm a woman i i have i have a benefit because of the color of my skin and that needs to change you know that and and i think too it's um i've heard people say well you know both sides need to start changing their attitudes and, you know, I hear this, this argument, um, okay, fine, let's make change. And then we, we can raise our kids differently. If I'm a black family, I don't have to raise my, my, my black daughter differently than my neighbor, you know, in another neighborhood or another point at her, at her school with a white daughter. I don't have to teach her different rules or my son because a different color of skin, different rules, you know? So it's, uh, 
you know, again, it's a very hot topic, but I think we have to just keep talking about it. <laughs> yes, and demanding change and demanding action. And and honestly, yeah. it starts at the it starts at the individual level. It really does yeah. because just you know we do have that human tendency to self-select, and so we'll move into a neighborhood where people tend to look like us, and then we have book clubs where people tend to look like us, and 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 really, it's just going out and seeing like how how can I explore other areas. Mm -hmm. how into my network? How can I, what, what kind of work can I do to, to yeah. make that happen? Because it, it's, I want to use the example of um, when I was talking about bias in organizations and we don't even think about it. We see something, we fill in all the gaps around the story. And so the example I used to use was I was, I would ask people like, what, what were your first, what's your first memory of understanding race? Or what was your first member uh, memory of gender? your gender, somebody else's gender. And typically the people who would share that information would say, oh yeah, my first understanding of gender was it was bad to be a girl mm -hmm. or it was, it was less than to be a girl. You know, you throw like a girl, you run like a girl, girls okay. can't do math, all of, all of those things. And when you, when you look at it through that lens where your understanding of somebody else's experience is that they are less than, mm -hmm. then that immediately shapes, you know, the assumptions that you make about them. And, and the ways that you may, you know, if a woman says something in a meeting, it may be discounted. If her male counterpart says something in a meeting, oh, obviously they have done their homework. Um, and so it's one of the things that I challenge people to do is when they see a message to replace that with um, another person. So if they see a message with a female, replace it with male and just see if that message still rings true or mm -hmm. if it's basing stereotypes on. Mm hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. And I, and I think, uh, I think one of my thoughts too is, is we can get defensive of how our belief structures were set up and, and it's hard to release those, you know, belief structures, what we were taught. Um, and it's generational and generational upon generation, you know, and, and I, the brain doesn't like that. doesn't like to be challenged so much, but if we can look at one of my thoughts is, is, uh, uh, maybe we put the lens on of learning and how can we, how can we learn more? How can we, like you were saying, you know, how can I, you know, go to different neighborhoods and visit and, you know, learn more about somebody else's, you know, uh, traditions and things like that. And, and mm -hmm. embrace, embrace that. Um, maybe we feel insecure about it, but I guess great things come out of that. You know, we can make, changes, small changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how you get the muscle memory, right? That's yeah. how you, it, it's okay yeah. to be uncomfortable because that's where the growth comes. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like when you're trying to learn a new system or a new coding language or a new spoken language, it's, it's difficult and frustrating and your brain wants you to stop. And that's when you need to yeah. keep pushing through and learn. Yeah. And yeah. there are so many phenomenal resources out there for people to just, you know, just read about what it's like to experience the world as somebody who isn't like you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. It, it's building that empathy, right? It's, it's, you don't have to become an expert in that. You just have to understand that it, it is very different to walk through the world yeah. um, as somebody else. Yeah. You were, um, I like this. Um, you was talking about use your access to challenge others, increase visibility and amplify voices. What do you mean by that? So it's, it's, kind of very similar to what we were just talking about that mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me as a as a white woman um i i have access to places that not everybody does mm -hmm. and so making sure that if 
if I'm if I'm present and I look around and I can see which voices might not be at the table um, asking those questions. Why why are we why are we six white people sitting in a conference room designing a, a product strategy for the world? <laughs> like who else should be in this room? <laughs> you know, lots of other people. Should we and, have some global input? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe we should ask somebody is, is always a good question. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's asking those questions. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, it, we need to um, show up for each other's fights and we need to show up for each other's causes uh, without making it about ourselves. And, you know, and it, it's difficult because when I, when I talk about the dominant culture, I don't mean like a better than culture. I mean, more like predominant culture. Like if you work in the tech space, the dominant culture is is white men who are of a certain age, mm -hmm. and it they don't notice when they are the only ones like them, and yeah. so the, it is it is having to notice that and understanding that they're not necessarily going to just oh we should we should have fewer white men in tech and hire more other people and that's just not a conversation that's going to come to them by themselves. They need to be challenged, and typically they need to be challenged by their peers. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think too, you know, I, that there's the concept of, well, that's just the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? I don't say anything wrong with that. You know what yeah, I mean? But that, that's part, the brain's going to say that it's just like, but this is what it's always been. Yeah. Well, and here's and, here's the kicker, though, and I, I do this a lot with the work um, that I do in support of uh, LGBTQ plus individuals, and it's it's not it just because it's new information to us doesn't mean it's new information. It means it's new information to us. So if we're looking at like um, gender and all the differences around that, mm -hmm. it's not like this is something the millennials just invented to be different. Like this has been around forever. Yeah. And I, I liken it to like when we used to think that blood was blood. We didn't realize that there were different blood types. Mm -hmm. Anything, blood was different based on somebody's race or, race or ethnicity. Um, and so now we know, because now we can look more closely at it, that yes, there are different blood types. You can't just put blood from one person into another person and think everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar um, with gender and, and other social constructs like that. Yeah. Yes, it's not the same as it was when I was coming up or when you were growing up. And that's okay, because we know more now. Mm -hmm. And we can do better. I mean, yeah. the, the way it's always been, it's always like, okay, why was it always like that? Yeah. Because who made who made the rules? Like who designed this to be like this? <laughs> and who benefits from keeping it the same? <laughs> yeah, you know, who benefits from keeping it the same? You know, and I'll I'll throw in some food here. I one of my areas of focus is educating people on the food industry, you know, and does it make sense that the food industry is the way it is, you know, and who's benefiting from pesticides being sprayed on our food? You know, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. You know, we fall, you know, who benefits from, from the way our system is in terms of how we treat each other as human beings, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I've always found it fascinating because that's, that's exactly, that's exactly it. If you look at how people ate in the forties and fifties, it was very different, but then our food supply was also very different. It wasn't infused with hormones and antibiotics and all these other things. And we were we were different. We weren't sitting in front of computers for eight to 10 hours a day. And so it's impossible to make those comparisons because mm -hmm. everything in the environment has changed. Yeah, whole different world. 
Yeah. Yeah. So different. <laughs> Except we as humans still have strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And unfortunately, our, our, our very, very old brains have not caught up with all this new technology. No. <laughs> it seems like it's coming from everywhere. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're just, we're just humans. We're just trying to figure it out. Yes. So. And I think, you know, um, again, it, that's where we can challenge ourselves as human beings to figure it out, you know, and, and it's uncomfortable, but let's do it. And for those of us that can really step up and that's, I'm calling myself out, step up, you know, and um, it's, it's way past time and, and it's scary. And um, I'm uncomfortable at times because I don't want to mess up. But um, I'm just going to do my very best. And I think if we can all be like that and, you know, and however you show up, um, you know, like you were saying with empathy and compassion and, and willingness to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you flub up, okay, you know, you know, that's how we learn. We learn by it. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it's okay. And it should actually be encouraged. We're humans. We're going to screw up. But there's no possible way we can know everything, right? Yeah. I know yeah. I know what I my experience has been. I know what I've been exposed to. And that is just such a micro of everything else there's possibly to know. But what we should do is really embrace when we're presented with new information, especially using, again, gender as an example, presented with new information, taking a step back and saying, oh, yeah, actually, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I was thinking about it in the wrong way. And so now I'm going to think about it this way. And I'm going to start to integrate that and internalize it. Mm -hmm. And that we should be embracing that. It, it's like, you know, they're, they're finding new things about physics that will undo many of the things we thought previously. And that's okay. Yeah. We should lean into yeah. that. And we can, again, be afraid to say we're wrong and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. sometimes just a change of a word, maybe if, if it's, we don't want to put people in the shame world or whatever like that. But um, one thing I've been, I've been trying to use in regards to learning about food and things like that, but what supports, what is supportive, you know? Yes. Maybe not so supportive. And so if maybe if a word makes you feel really, Oh, I'm wrong or, or whatever, right. We can say, okay, um, how can we, we support, um, or or change our non-supportive habits <laughs> the way we look at others i don't know because part of my brain my i'm very like wow i don't want to be wrong you know but yeah, nobody I, wants to be wrong and no, it's, it, it, nobody, it's wants not, think they're, nobody wants to think they're sexist or that they're racist or that they're any kind of ist nobody wants to be yeah. an ist. and so yeah. it's like okay well how do you separate this label from mm -hmm. maybe some of your thoughts and maybe some of your behaviors yeah, and, and just kind of differentiate because yeah. it, it's that that needs to change, and that's very subtle. That's that's something. Yeah, that can be done. yeah. So you had um, again for overachievers, like you mentioned, for those overachievers, yeah. yes. some um, next steps that we could do, um, and uh, yeah. So you were going to um, give us some ideas of what we can do. Yeah. So um, so for the overachievers. Uh, the homework for next week is to make a list of steps that you can take in the next 30 days. And that could be in your work, in your business, in your volunteer, in the community, in your family, in the grocery store. Uh, make a list of steps that you personally can take in the next 30 days and then identify the top two. Mm -hmm. And those two are your new focus areas for the next 30 days. And just be diligent and mindful and disciplined about doing those two things. 
and learning from them and screwing up and coming back <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and, and really sitting down and evaluating what has changed for you as an individual and what, what do you feel like has changed? How did that experience feel for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, you were mentioning like earlier, it could be just acknowledging somebody and you know, normally mm -hmm. you, you don't want to say hi because you feel awkward, but go ahead and, and like you said, Hey, how's it going? Wave yeah. across the street. Yeah. Or if you hear something that's that's minimizing or microaggression or discriminatory, saying, "Oh, hey, could you explain what you mean by that?" Because I don't, I don't understand, and and, and move out of that bystander space, uh, and and make that a practice for thirty days. That's great, great idea. I like that calling. You know, just being say, "Hey," and sometimes too, like I mentioned to you about an experience I had on a call yesterday. It was very interesting to me, but learning how to have those discussions and, and, um, and then bringing to light, um, practicing how do you do respond? Cause sometimes it'll be like an hour or two later before I'm able to even think of how I would, what I could have said, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so in that case, a great practice might be when you do two hours later, have that epiphany of what you should have said, write it down, put it on post-it note and keep it handy. Cause you know, those situations are going to come back up. Yeah. 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 Very good. Mm -hmm. um, writing it down. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that, you know, what, you know, what would have changed for the, the better, you know, for making these actions, you know, and how could that person feel, you know, now, you know, and uh, in response and of being seen, yeah. you know, for who they are, you know, so. Yeah. Or even if it's something that you screwed up in an attempt to do the practice in the next 30 days, write that down too, because every, every, every opportunity for learning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Yep. Well, sort of, um, again, anytime we're trying to learn something new, it's a focused, focused effort of, you know, trying to like lifting weights and it's mm -hmm. a purposeful thought. And then eventually as the brain get used to it and the brain also, you can correct me here or not, but once it realizes that that it's actually is pr a pretty wonderful experience to mm -hmm. be stepping out, to be be supportive and and um, present, it's not going to fight you as much, you know. Yeah. Or was that thing? It's like if, if if and we can talk about this briefly too. But that that fear of of um, that deep groan, you know, that came through our DNA, mm -hmm. overreaction of fear. <laughs> yeah. Teaching it that this is not a tiger. This is not, this is something we can do to make a, an incredible world and, yeah. and getting it to understand that. Yeah. And getting your brain to realize that just because you're uncomfortable with it doesn't mean it's a fearful threat. There we go. Well like, said. Too many times that this that this bigot and prejudice and, and things like that will um will pop up as fear. And you feel yes. it back a little bit and you're like, that's a fear that I learned in the fifth grade and it doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. And it's actually holding me back. So I'm gonna give it a hug and send it on the way. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I was trying to figure out a way to phrase it perfectly said. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So so um wonderful. Well, we are we're already past one which always goes so fast. And um, <clears throat> I want to thank you again for taking all this time and doing this, this three, um, three episode, um, you know, program with me. And um, 
I know that I'm learning a lot and um, I'm sure all the listeners and viewers are as well. So um, again, everybody, Dr. Jen O'Ryan, um, she has a book available. Um, let's go back here. Um, she has available on Amazon and Powell's, a field guide for excellent diversity experts. Highly recommend um, getting her book. And, um, and I think too, what we talked about earlier was, you know, she works with people in the workplace, but that still incorporates to personal life. It's all integrated, right? So even if she's speaking just about um, employers or employees, um, we're all human beings, right? Mm -hmm. So highly recommend her book. And um, with that, anything else you'd like to say before we sign off today? No, just uh, never underestimate your ability to make a change as an individual. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. We will see you next Friday with Dr. Jen one more time and have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. Thanks, okay. Bye. Hello. I hope you enjoyed this recent podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Be sure to seek professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional as this podcast is not a substitute for their professional care. Be sure to seek out a qualified medical practitioner that is right for you. And be sure to create a supportive team of licensed and certified care practitioners, health coaches, and trainers that can help you make the lifestyle changes you desire.